Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Real Truth with Ruth. It is great to be with all of you today. We are going to tackle the subject of kingdom sowing. Just say after me, I will never, ever, ever underestimate the power of the seed. Let's say that again. I will never underestimate the power of a seed. You know, if I could, I'd give you all a seed to hold in your hand right now. So since I can't do that, I need you you all to put on your sanctified imagination and take that little seed and put it in your hand. Now, seeds come in different shapes and sizes, but seeds are made to grow and multiply. Amen? Seeds are made to grow and multiply. In fact, not only can we never underestimate the power of the seed, but we have to understand that seeds are made to grow and to multiply. Now, I'm a preacher's kid, okay? I grew up in a little tiny farming community in Michigan. We had fields all around us, a lot of cornfields, a lot of bean fields. And even though I lived in town, a town full of people, it had like a population of 750, okay? Um, so a little tiny town, but we were surrounded by farms. And not just farms, but large farms, big farms. And the thing I'll say to you is that farmers understand the value of the seed. And of course, in scripture, the most common seed story that we that most people know is the parable of the sower. Jesus tells that in the New Testament. And, you know, if when we teach on that, that parable, or at least when I've taught it, the thing I point out is that the seed is always good. It what can what um hinge, what the growth of that seed hinges on is the land that it falls on or the soil the condition of the soil, but it, so it's a powerful powerful message when we talk about tending our hearts and our lives so that everything God gives us not only grows but flourishes. We we are responsible to tend the condition of our heart that soil of our heart so that the word of God can really grow. But I want to introduce some other ways also to think about seed, because for a farmer, planting seed is serious, serious business, okay? But it is done with a great deal of expectation. You see, the farmer understands that the seed will not produce anything if it's just sitting in a packet or, in the case of a farmer, in a big burlap bag full of seed, okay? It's not going to produce anything. Why? Because that's not what the seed was created for. The seed was created to be put into the ground and grow. Now, granted, yes, there are some seeds that we eat and there's some seeds that will make us sick. But either way, all in all, when you take it right down to the basics, seeds were created to reproduce. Okay, so again, back to our farm or back to where I grew up. Like I said, there were a lot of cornfields there. Um, there were also a lot of bean fields. In fact, that area was well known for its beans. And when a farmer planted the beans, he did not expect each bean to yield only one bean. He fully expected the bean to yield a plant that would contain many, many seeds. In other words, the single seed was always expected to multiply. So I went and did some general research because as I'm writing this, I'm getting to think, okay, so how you know how much can a bean can a single bean plant produce? What's the what's the ratio for that? And so what I found is basically a quarter pound of snap bush bean seeds yields twenty to thirty pounds. So a quarter pound 
put into the ground will actually produce 20 to 30 pounds. So we know in the natural, again, if we don't plant the seeds, nothing grows. However, even in the natural, when the seed is planted, it has the potential, that seed, that, that seed that you're, you're, you're holding in the palm of your hand, that you're imagining yourself holding right now, it holds within it the potential or the capacity to, produce, to reproduce, not only to reproduce, but to reproduce in abundance. And so if the seed is planted in the right conditions, it will produce major, major abundance. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 reminds us that if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly and vice versa. That's a very common principle. So how are you sowing? How are you sowing in your life? How are you sowing in the lives of others? Because again, remember, never underestimate the power of the seed. I can never underestimate the potential of a seed that I plant. And remember, often we're looking for those instant results. But even in the natural, when the farmer put those bean uh, seeds in the ground, they did not sprout overnight. There was a process and there was a time involved before he would see the fullness of his harvest. And we actually often get a little impatient, or at least I do. I want that instant. I want it now. And yet I need to sow generously so that I can reap generously, understanding that there's a time and there's a process and some things happen really quick and others take time. But I must never, ever, ever underestimate the power of the seed. So again, if I try to ration those seeds and, and only sow sparingly, what am I going to reap? I'm going to reap very, very sparingly. I'll still reap, but it's not going to be at the, at the, um, the capacity or the multiplication which God has called me, he's called you to be able to reap. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, I want to read it out of two different translations. The Passion Translation says, Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour blessings, to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. So just think about this. Generosity equals prosperity. Being stingy or withholding equals poverty. When we live to bless others, in other words, when we live to bring the fullness of the kingdom of heaven onto the face of this earth, we actually pour out blessings and we don't just pour them out. I like how they use the word heaped. We heap blessings upon them. And what does that happen? It means that our, our life is actually saturated with the overflow and with the abundance of those blessings. Out of the Amplified, that same scripture, again, it's Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, it reads, There is one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in want and poverty. The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters himself will be watered, reaping generously what he has sown. Now I want you to hear this, okay? The generous man, and just say, I'm a generous man or I'm a generous woman. I am a source of blessing. And you know, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, 
does not matter when we sow into the kingdom of heaven. There are so many instances in scripture where God takes the little, he notices the little. We have in the New Testament, we have the woman going, Jesus is sitting there and and I love preaching on this because he's sitting there and he's watching the people put their offerings in. And of course, he knows where their hearts are and he knows exactly what they're putting in. And this, this woman comes up and she puts in these two widow mites and Jesus takes notice because he knows she's put in all that she has. She didn't hold anything back. That's the offering he talked about. To him, that offering was greater than hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars that somebody else would give, who it's just, oh yeah, I can I can give this. I, I won't feel it. She gave everything. Or in the Old Testament, we have the story of a widow who goes to Elisha and she's like, I I have nothing. He's like, no, what do you have? I have nothing. No, what do you have? I have nothing except I have this little jar of oil. And you see, when, when we take that little bit, when we take that little oil and put it into the hands of a living God, what did he do? He massively multiplied it. There was a major miracle that took place there. You see, when we take even our little and rather than looking at it as lack, we look at that seed in the palm of our hand and we say, Lord, I'm going to plant this because you're in the business of multiplication. I can trust you. I can trust you. So I release this to you. I can no longer afford to plant sparingly. We actually cannot afford to plant spiritually. From a kingdom perspective, we cannot afford to be stingy. We cannot afford to plant sparingly. You see, there's something within the kingdom realm that operates differently than in the natural realm. I've had so many people tell me that they can't afford to give. So let's take a little rabbit trail and then we're going to circle back again. You know, this is, we call this real truth with Ruth. So we're going to be honest here. There has been a lot of manipulation about giving and I'm talking financially here within the body of Christ. So I don't want to ignore that because we are touching lightly on money So if you've been taken captive by some of that unhealthy and dare I say unbiblical manipulation techniques, I just want to say to you on behalf of the body of Christ that I am sorry. For any way that you felt manipulated, where you felt controlled, I I just want to say that, that I'm sorry for that. But I, with that, I also want to warn you as a, as a sister in the Lord, I want to warn you as a pastor, I want to warn you that it is absolutely essential that we find health and solid biblical principles when it comes to the topic of giving. And this is both with money and also with time and energy, because ministry will take all you have to give and demand more. So we have to have healthy boundaries, but we also have to understand the concept of sowing and reaping of giving as it comes from scripture, as the the scripture mandates. We have to understand God's concept with giving, with sowing, with planting, with multiplication. And the interesting thing is, I, you know, I shared earlier that with beans, a quarter pound of of snap bush beans will yield 20 to 30 pounds. That's in the natural. And how much more in the kingdom do we see that concept comes to pass? We have to begin to look with a kingdom perspective, with an expectation of multiplication. We don't give because it has to increase. We give out of our heart and out of our love for the Lord. But with that, there is, I'm going to contradict myself here, there is an expectation for increase because that's how God works. But our hearts also have to be in the right place. Okay, so so all of this comes together. You know, the world teaches that we get what we give. 
And God teaches that when we give generously, we reap a large harvest. In other words, what we give is multiplied. Our hearts have to be in the right place. So again, let's we'll, we'll jump back into the sensitive topic of money. I do firmly believe that tithing is a biblical principle. Yes, I tithe. Yes, I also believe it's not an Old Testament or just an Old Testament principle. It carries to this side of the cross. But you know, I just I want to go beyond that. Because let's say that you're going to invest some money. What do you expect in return? Well, you're investing money in order to make money, right? And so when we invest in the kingdom of God, the rate of return is so much larger that on human scales, we can't even calculate it. In other words, again, we have to learn to calculate at a different level. Just say it again. I cannot afford to underestimate the power of a seed. Let's say it again. I cannot afford to underestimate the power of my seed. I want to say another thing to you. No seed is too small. There are so many people who can only afford to give a dollar or they can only afford to give an hour of their time because there's other godly demands. Like they've got young families or whatever. And so they devalue that. Or they can only give the dollar because they don't have a job right now and they're just trying to make ends meet. And that's all they have, just like the widow mites. And they'll say, well, what good will this do the kingdom of heaven? The smallest seed can produce so much more. Never, ever, ever underestimate the value of what you can give. But never, ever, ever become stingy with your giving. Very, very important. Stingy giving equals poverty. When we give out of the generosity, even if it's that widow's might, even if it's just that dollar, in the hands of a living God, it multiplies so far above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. Luke 6.38 says, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down and make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, just say abundant seed, who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals. Just say that it becomes bread. That seed becomes bread is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Just say plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. So the harvest of your generosity will grow. Just say, my seed will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in needs, it causes many to give thanks to God. When we give generously, it doesn't just impact us. It causes many to give thanks to God. In other words, it goes far above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. But we have to get rid of the stinginess. We have to sow generously. We have to trust God with those mites that he's going to, he's going to multiply. He's going to provide. We trust him with that last dollar that he will take care of it, that he will provide. We learn the biblical principles and we put aside man's principles. Remember, you know, we say it kind of tongue in cheek, but he owns it all. But you know what? He really does. He really does. He really does own it all. But do we believe that? Do we live from that place? Are we willing to go all out and to really sow into the kingdom, both with our time and with our finances, without it becoming legalistic, without walking in 
fear of the manipulation and control. You know, when I, just a personal story, when I walk into a meeting, I, I know there's going to be an offering. I know there's going to be an, an altar call. I give to various ministries. And so I've already asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to sow and what do you want me to give? And that's what I go with. And so for those of you who have walked through a lot of unhealthy um, teaching and and manipulation on the whole topic, especially of giving of money, I want to encourage you. Yes, tithing is biblical. It is a biblical principle. Okay, that is the very first starting point. Beyond that is where we get into the generosity. And I want to just encourage you to sit back with the Lord before you walk into a meeting or if there's a podcast such as this one or there's there's other podcasts that you listen to or there's ministries that you support that you're part of. Ask Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to sow into? And do it that way. Lord, what do you want me to sow? I've given my tithe. This is my offering. God, I want to give generously. So Lord, you reset my mind where I've become stingy. Reveal it. I don't want to be stingy. I repent. I confess, God. I am so sorry for ever being stingy when you're so extravagant. When you take care of my every need, when you know the number of hairs on my head, you know what I need. Lord, I just lift my hands up to you. And Lord, I want to give your way. I want to be generous with the gifts, with the graces, with the talents, with the money that you've given. I want to see that massively invest. I don't want to bury it in the ground. I want to see it invested in your kingdom. So Father, you show me what you want me to do. You show me how much to give. You show me how to serve. You show me how to pour into your kingdom. Because God, your word says that as I generously pour in, others will be blessed, that I'll be blessed, that there'll be multiplication, that there'll be more. So I just decree and declare that I am a sower of seed. And I decree and declare that I will not underestimate the power of that seed. Instead, I reposition myself and I take that seed, whether it's really, really small or really, really large, and I put it into the hands of the living God. In other words, I take my hands off it. And Lord, I want you to sow that seed. You sow that seed. And I'm going to scatter generously. Remember, we go back to that parable in the New Testament. When the farmer scattered the seed... It fell on all sorts of different soil. And when we scatter God's way, when we scatter from a kingdom perspective, yes, we use wisdom. Absolutely. Yes, we ask the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But we don't become so stingy that that we, you know, we pick up the seed and just, okay, I'm going to poke a little hole here and plant it here. There also has to be a broadness to the way that we scatter, trusting God because that that seed is God good. The seed that you hold in your hand is good, but it cannot grow in your hand. What has God put in your hand that needs to be planted for his kingdom? Plant it. There is a great, great, great reward. And you're going to grow. You're going to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ like you never imagined. Because that's just how good he is. Again, thank you for joining me today. Please be sure to to, uh, subscribe, to rate and review. Visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org. And again, thank you for joining us for Real Truth with Ruth. May you take that seed. Never underestimate the power of that seed in your hand. Spread it out, plant it, and expect 
wonderful abundance because that's who our God is. But remember, there's a timing with that. We want it right away, but sometimes it takes time for that seed to vibrate and to burst open and to grow and to multiply. But multiplication is ours because that's what the word says. We have an amazing, good, good father. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.